my problem is sometimes I'll just be like, I'll just get so into like working in a sketchbook that it will just take me away from making a painting, like a bigger painting that I've been working on. And I'll be like, Oh, there went the whole day, you know, just kind of going through a, which isn't a bad thing um, at all. Yeah, I think it's necessary, you know, it, um, I think as artists, it's important for us to maintain our happiness. Yeah. Because it's only then that we can really truly be free to create. And yeah, I think taking a tangent like that is like taking a breath. All right, here we go. With me today, I discovered him as W.V. Guerin on Instagram. He's mesmerized by the work. So check out that account for sure. Um, check out his work at wvgarin.bigcartel.com. Right, yep. And, um, and Fort, Fort Guerin is here with us today. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. It's, it's great to... Uh to be able to do this with you. I'm interested to learn a little bit about uh, about your art too. Um, I've, I've gotten a real kick out of seeing, especially the baseball card stuff. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> so there's something about that genre or the, just the color of those like 70s, 80s baseball cards and even the really early stuff. So I've, I've enjoyed seeing a lot of your work pop up on the, on the Instagram also. So it's yeah, good to, that, uh, to be able to sit down and talk art with you, man. Well, that retro thing is, um, it's big to my aesthetic. And that's what drew me into what you do. Because I, I felt like I was watching a Western. And <laughs> yeah, I, the, the, I go back to the, to, with the artwork to has a real nostalgic feel for, for me. Like I'm looking at your, your background. You got the, I see the Darth Vader in the background. Um, on one of your paintings and there's something about going back to that to your youth kind of that that age of innocence and and the imagery is so great too from those from those time periods like from the 50s kind of on you get the uh you get that fun imagery the bright colors of the old western comic books and everything um along with kind of that washed out color too that you get with the old the old comic books and that that goes the same with the old with the old baseball cards kind of that yeah. faded that faded um those pr faded primary colors that that pop up in there so yeah yeah well i think that's been amplified in pandemic times the the look towards nostalgia just everything Co like the collectibles market but that has seeped in the more i look at it the more I realized how much that has seeped into actual art and hence the art that's being collected. It's, yeah. I don't it's really I don't, interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know what it, what it is about that. I mean, we could all, and, and this might just be coming from like an artist perspective of it because we could all go on online and start actually collecting baseball cards or collecting the old star Wars figures or the, or the old magazines. Um, I just kind of like, first of all, it gets expensive. <laughs> it gets yeah. expensive when you start <laughs> clicking on some of those links to, to see how much they want. And 
I just kind of get a lot more joy out of just kind of painting them. I don't know why it is. Um, it's yeah. kind of just sitting down and just going down the rabbit hole of clicking through images, um, looking for cowboys to paint or there's, I think it's one of the national archives where you can literally like click through the entire magazines. Um, I can't think of the website off the top of my head, but they just have hundreds of comic books on there and you can literally click through them. It's, it's kind of crazy. Because when I first started, I'm originally from Arizona, and we had moved from Arizona out to D.C., and we had a comic book store down the road from us here, right in town. And I would go down there and dig through his old comic books and find the Western ones, obviously. And I don't know if it was a craving for home, wanting to, you know, with the missing Arizona, and you, you're in you're that, are you in, that's you're in Fort in, Worth, right? I'm in between Fort Worth and Dallas and uh, Bedford. It, more, it's called the Mid Cities. Okay. And um, so we're a cluster of little cities, but yeah. Okay. But no, you're hearing where you're from. I I think it's so funny because what the places we come from, how it seeps into the work that we do. Yeah, and it, and I didn't. I started listening to country music when I moved out here. I don't know if it was because I was missing Arizona and the desert, and I just started for some reason. And cowboys had never been in my artwork before, and they just started showing up. And I would go down there, and the old pulp. Um, he always had boxes of the old pulp uh, dime novels which the which the covers are really cool on all those so i would just go down there dig through those and they started just working working their way into my into my work over the over that was probably about 20 years ago um and then well that it's a radical um how long ago did you move we like about over 20 years now that we moved we moved out here to dc but it's a radical shift in landscape and scenery because yes. yeah, <laughs> when i when sure. i visited arizona i'm like wow this looks like the cartoons i watched when <laughs> with, with wiley coyote and stuff like i didn't you know that it exists but it, being in it it's different and it's different living we, in it yeah yeah <laughs> when i when i when we lived in phoenix i would have friends that would come out or or people that I, I worked with that had moved from the East coast and they would, they literally would be like, wow, I, I felt like I was landing on a, on a planet. You know, when I, when I moved out here, like when they flew into Phoenix, Arizona, coming from the East coast would be like, wow, this is not, this is just dirt <laughs> and rock. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. So I, I had the reverse when we moved out here with trees and seasons <laughs> and snow and everything. I think, but it does uh, it does you you long for where you come from i remember i had a friend who uh, i think they lived in i want to say new hampshire and so a friend of his from arizona um went there and uh they're on their lawn and he's staring and he's like wow there it's like there's grass everywhere <laughs> and the guy is like yes <laughs> It is. Nope. It's crazy. Yeah, again, and, and trees, like trees, like it, it, 
because my when I went my when I met my wife, she moved from from Ohio and, and from from D.C. when we first met and she moved out to Arizona for two years. She's like, well, describe it for me. And I'm like, well, you can you can see for miles, you know, you can go outside and just look and see, you know, out into the out into the to the landscape as opposed to yeah. where she grew up. You know, you just saw trees. You couldn't see anything else on the horizon line except for except for trees so yeah it is it's a little bit of a of a different uh so how long have you been making art this gets okay so we were talking a little bit before this about the photography i Mm -hmm. i started i think like a lot of us do with the art classes in like high school and i started actually as a photo major in college um, and then switched to sculpture and graduated with a sculpture degree and then found out once I was done with college that sculpture takes a lot of space and a lot of equipment to produce. Um, and I, that's when I started painting. So that was, geez. You, you very 30. much um, gave a good view into the artist's mind there. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I went i went to do this and then i ended up doing that. yeah it <laughs> some, was some other things it, uh, yeah it, yeah i mean i i um i actually started when i was younger i liked to write and in fact it was what was encouraged a lot i, I always drew and everything but i thought i was going to be a writer and okay then, um that just wasn't immediate enough for me and that's how I got into photography. And then that turned into a computer thing. Okay. Then, um, that's where I was like, well, I'm in a, I'm going to use my hands again. And, and here we are. <laughs> so, so, so you started with photography and then you jumped into the, com- to the computer. Okay. Well, into because I started field. in a dark room. Yeah. I yeah. started in a, in a dark room and then um, everything went digital and I realized that I was in an office most <laughs> I do the shoots, but then man, like editing and all that. And I just, yeah, wasn't, it's, all compu- it's all computerized now. I, I, it, I got depressed really. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like, Oh my God, what have I, this isn't what I worked for. And then um, I've collaborated with a friend of mine on a painting project. And then I remembered what that felt like. And okay. then, then <laughs> I just kind of dumped that photography career. And yeah, because yeah, because photography you can really end up get down like a commercial, like a, into the commercial aspect of it, and it becomes like real legit, like, like work work, yeah. like you're like you were saying. I was always able to separate that because there was my personal work, and then there was the gig. Uh-huh. Um, and but but just. The fact that it was digital, um, it lost its magic for me. You know, yeah. There's I, um, something, yeah. There's something about putting that that piece of paper in the in the tray and watching the yeah. and sloshing it up and down and watching the the image, yeah. you know, slowly, slowly then, but, appear you know, on the and paper. And then the other part of me is like, well, there's no reason to really do that because, especially now, it's like I, I still use photography. I love I love my iPhone. <laughs> I take, and it it takes magnificent pictures um 
you know, it, I used to carry a lot of gear to get some of the images that um, I get now. It's yep. When, it's when we moved to when we moved to DC, I started. I cleaned carpets for eleven years out here in in DC. That was my that was my day job, and it was it was an interesting job because we kind of did the we, we cleaned the carpets of we, we took care of the White House and the Vice President's residence and all the all the you know the the upper class of the DC area. Um, so it was it was an interesting job. But I, I went to a house once to clean. He was a professional photographer, this guy. And he literally was sitting in his studio, his studio office. And it was a huge room. And it was, there was just a desk in there. And he goes, you know, I, I built this. This was the studio of my dream. I built this thinking I was going to have my dark room set up on the one side over here. And where I would take my photos over here and the lighting and everything. And he goes, now I'm just sitting in this giant room with a computer and a printer. And he was like, it, it all just went away like overnight. Like there was my, no. Yeah. My, my story like that is I used to have big cases to transport my lights and my equipment for the big shoots. <laughs> and then um, within yeah, all, what happened is I went to a store, bought. I remember my friend saying what, what are you doing? That's like $200 worth of painting materials. And I said, I'm going to paint. And, um, and then, yeah, a few months later, that case that housed the really expensive equipment was full of paint. And that's what I would take to live paint. And that it was weird. It was just, I just really literally chunked that career out of the way. It was just and, you know, I was, I was, uh, you know, kind of revered, um, like people thought it was very strange, but uh, it made sense to me. So <laughs> to just stop, just to stop photography completely. Well, because I always saw it, uh, especially the way I composed. It was painting. Yeah. Um, so translating that into doing that with brushes and paint and or whatever, whatever you know, mixed media. Um, it just made sense and all of it made sense. And, um, you know, I used to being called crazy, so that's okay. You know, <laughs> that was all right with me. <laughs> I just went with it. Something, something I, I love in your work is, um, your color palette. Is that something you're conscious of or is it just, those are the colors you gravitate towards, but there's that's, a, um, when I first started painting, I, I, I think I was probably like a lot of people because I, I was, I never took a painting class per se in college. I took life drawing and, you know, all, all your prerequisites for art. You know, if, if you get an art degree, you know, there's a lot of art history in there. And then you, you got your life drawing and, you know, there, there's a lot of intro classes till you get to your, and so my, mine was, my emphasis was sculpture so i never had painting as a as a class that i took um so i had to teach myself to paint and that's still that's still questionable how well of a job i did teaching myself <laughs> oh i think it it's fantastic work well like, I, I love thanks it. and um yeah so I, 
when I started, I think it's about having your own imprint, and you definitely have your own. That's what stood out to me. Yeah, well, or, thanks. You know, still stands out. Yeah. Well, so when when I did start painting, I, I would I would go down to the to the to the art store and be like, I'm going to paint in oils, you know, and you can rack up a, you know, a receipt pretty quick with, with art supplies. And I didn't know how to paint. I, I, so I, I started just using tempera, um, which is the cheapest paint you can, yeah. that you can buy because when I would use expensive materials, I'd be like, okay, th this is money going out the door, and I don't have the, <laughs> I don't have the skill set to get what's in my head onto paper yet. So I, I just started using just real basic stuff, um, and now I still use tempera cakes, um, just like the kids use in, in kindergarten. You know, the same, the same things, and it gives it a real kind of chalky, kind of look to it. Um, and then I just, I also just go to the Home Depot and <laughs> we'll buy the, you know, they always have those sample bottles that I, are. I love, I love Oops paint. Yeah. Yeah. They're like a buck 25. I'm like, I'll take all those and then mix up the colors that I, that I do need. What, what, what made me really comfortable with that was going, I saw a Picasso exhibit and um, I've seen a few, I guess, but this one, I was looking at the materials on the tags and it said house paint. It's like, well, oh. you know, if it's good enough for Picasso. <laughs> well, that's. <laughs> yeah. I've always been a fan of Ansel Kiefer, the the German artist, um, and he he was he was the same way with the, with the house paints and stuff. And he would do those these, these giant, you know, huge monumental size paintings. And I can remember going to like the Chicago Art Institute, and they literally had like two feet in front of it roped off and just where the paint was falling off of it onto the floor because he was just using like <laughs> layers of house enamel and it was just like slowly falling off the that's funny yeah the, uh, the paint yeah you just like you said you saw it and you're like oh i would have never thought that he was just using yeah. i think at that point i had been you know kind of conscious and worried and um i said well you need to Cut that out. <laughs> so we, you said, so you were into writing at the beginning, and what do, do you still practice writing at all, or or write, or have any I, I aspirations for? I don't really do any creative writing. It, it's too slow of a medium for me. I'm glad that I started there. What would happen is I remember as early as first, second grade. I would get papers back and it was at that early age, teachers saying you have such a great voice. Uh-huh. And um and that remained, I think, consistently nurtured. And so it was and it's what it's what got me my grades in school, the fact that I could write and then okay. that turned into speaking and um you know, and but and I, I realized all along it was always expression. It's just like, well, what do I do with this? Um, and putting it into you know a two hundred page book and hoping somebody takes the time to read that was just aggravating to me. So yeah, I because I have I have plenty to say 
<laughs> so, so yeah, you know, now I, uh, I just daily make things and express that way. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I, I use a lot of text in my, in my paintings, um, on some of the large, especially the larger pieces will just be filled in with, with writing in the background. Um, and I, I would love to be a writer, but let, let, like you said, it's ch choosing a medium to work in it. Cause I I'd spent so long trying to get to where, like I was talking about where you have the idea in your head and to be able to put it down onto paper. And then I'm like, gosh, these writers that all they need is just paper and a pencil and they, they, they can create this, uh, this amazing work. Um, and I'm like, that's a, it's a lot of work when you really sit down to think about, about writing. So I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll just put my ramblings into my, into my paintings. Um, so that, that, that's why I do use a lot of text in the, in the pieces. That's, that's my frustration with, with not being able to be be a writer, I, I guess you, you could say. Yeah. Well, it's the, when when I do, I'll do funny things with text. I'll scramble the words, and um, <laughs> I enjoy doing that type of thing. And I, I think that's kind of the lit major in me to just oh, yeah. to just mess with the placement of things and make people work to look visually. Uh -huh. Kind of, <laughs> kind of, it's, yeah, kind of making them work still. The way they would have if they would have had to uh, read what i had to say okay is that it did did you get your degree then in literature yeah i uh <laughs> i got a bachelor in literature one in philosophy um i went through photography school um at the same time then i got a master's in literature and and that's okay. where i stopped i said i'm not reading chaucer anymore so <laughs> okay what well, uh, i mean so you were you were deep in you were deep into it then with the if you were getting your it, master's degree well it's funny because uh, i when it got into the master's program um was already you know i already had a photography career but so they the teacher asks the classroom why are you here and everybody you know is answering it's like yeah i want to go to this school and that school and i I want to teach i want to do this and um so she gets to me and i say um well i can't stop reading and <laughs> that was and she she laughed and she said that's a great answer yeah <laughs> because yeah that that was the fact i um and I, I still read quite a bit back then it was more fiction okay but i mean i would uh yeah i kind of still devour books um I, lately it's more like i'm reading about marketing and stuff but yeah through my life i had a fiction phase a non-fiction i like biographies and that type of thing a lot okay yeah no i'm i love i love books i've i've got yeah. i've got collections of of books and i, I got i'm the same way i'll go through a phase where i'm reading fiction i, I tend to navigate uh, tend to go to, towards more of the nonfiction stuff as I get older. I don't <laughs> I think that's a thing, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I used to be all about fiction. And then um, 
And then I, well, I had this class in the, the master's program and um, it was uh, literary theory. Okay. And so one of these theories was breaking down language. And by the end of it, I'm like, my God, language is meaningless. And I, <laughs> I had this weird existential moment and I just couldn't read fiction ever again. It's like, I don't trust it. it wow. And, I, and that <laughs> sounds so weird, but it, it's true. It's like, um, I never had the connection to fiction again. Oh, so wow. I'm glad it's... that I'm glad that I, I had that, uh, that long affair with it. Cause I was, early, uh, yeah, it's my early twenties, but that's when that's for, yeah, I don't know. Rest in peace fiction for me. <laughs> That's rough, Sergio. There's some good stuff out there still. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. But I, I'm, I'm much more drawn to biographies. Or biographies are big. I love. I love biographies. Okay. Now, do you read um, them? Here's the great debate I always have with my dad. He reads them all over the place. He'll re- he'll start the beginning jump to the middle, jump to the end. I tend to read them from front to back. Yeah, that's but usually, front to backs. Okay, he, he just reads them like he's watching like a documentary and like fast forwarding through sections of them when he reads it's very, them. It's very, it's very cinematic of him. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But I, my problem with the biographies is always that like the first three chapters of the breakdown of the family history uh, usually seems to drone on a little bit. And I, I do, as I, and this may be just, this is like old man type talking. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll peruse through some of like the family, the, the family histories. It, that's very true. It's especially, I think books that are, uh, that have a ghost writer. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, those are autobiographies, but, um, it's funny because the I read a lot of wrestling ones because I okay. man some interesting lives, but uh, the one guy Mick Foley mm-hmm. talked about the process of them assigning him a ghostwriter, and um, and he, he and he writes a ton of books, right? Yeah, Mick yeah, Foley, prolific and, writer. Yeah, because I've heard yeah, him. Yeah, does it does it all in a notebook? It really really cool, really cool books, but. The, the very first one, I think, was just him breaking down his exchange with the ghostwriter. And so he excerpted um, a piece of the, the intro that the guy had written. And uh, it, sounded, it sounded weird compared, you know, having read Mick Foley's actual voice. Um, it sounded weird because, yeah, it was, you know, very, I grew up in a small town. It was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that very perusable um opener <laughs> yeah i've i've found because i'll every couple years i'll go through i've i've got a bunch of bookshelves downstairs and i'll find myself going through and you know pulling the ones out i'm like all right this i gotta make room for new ones and the the fiction ones always are the first ones out out the door like the history ones and the biographies like i've got my my art biographies and then i've got my you know my my western histories and stuff like that and you know world war ii history and everything but the fictions you're always like oh all right you're 
you're going out in the box on the on the <laughs> curb for somebody to come by and, and pick up. I don't like yeah. yeah. I, I guess I still hang on to stuff that I studied in school, fiction wise. Okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. So what's okay, I'm I'm gonna ask you a question. What's what am I missing on the professional wrestling? See, <laughs> <laughs> you know i watched um they the wwe has its own network yeah the rest yeah um and i love the little documentaries they make and one of them was okay. about pat patterson who recently passed away and one of the the head honchos there but it starts with him the first time he saw wrestling mm -hmm. and um He's a little boy and he goes to the arena and, he, and uh, he's just mesmerized. I don't know that everybody has that experience. For me, it was, I, I didn't see it live, but when I saw it on TV, we had just moved to Texas. I was born in Chicago and I was, okay. I was four, but it, it was that moment. And okay. I think some people have that moment and others don't. And that's usually who's confused by, <laughs> the appeal. <laughs> I mean, the, they're amazing the, athletes. I mean, especially now, the stuff they're doing nowadays is in, insane. That when you know when I'm flipping through channels and and yeah, one one of the programs will come on and just like that is that's insane. That just the aerobatics and stuff that they're doing. I'm like that's crazy. But I, for some reason, as a kid, um, and it was it was definitely in my in my should have been in my wheelhouse as a kid because i was at that age where i would have been very you know yeah impacted by it but it, it never it, it never set in with me for for some reason i i guess i had i've had various connections to it i as a photographer i photographed um independent wrestling for a little bit and um these were like okay. flea market shows and I, I remember the the most powerful instance in that experience was uh th this guy his gimmick was uh you know the kind of the million dollar man you know he's uh -huh. the rich guy and the bad guy in the show and um and you know I'd, I'd been documenting them for a while at that point and um so you know I kind of knew the guys and um and i was like hey man how's it going you know i remember he would i think drive in from austin for this show to wrestle in front of four people um <laughs> <laughs> and uh he's like man it's like i'm all right he's like uh lost my job today and then he gets into the the rich man character and that that's what wrestling is like things like the ultimate warrior they're just playing these superheroes but they're you know they're people we can see that they're people yeah um, that just that type of imagination um i don't know it just mesmerizes me so still yeah, it's weird and it, it's weird <laughs> i stopped apologizing about it because there's plenty of other people that uh feel the same way 
<laughs> but, but I, it used to be kind of like a guilty pleasure, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, Mr. Mr. Literature here um, oh. is watching people like hit each other in the head with chairs. So. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, and there's such a history to it now because it, it has survived for as, mm-hmm. as long as it has, and it has become a huge, huge industry on, on I, top I th- of I it. Think- yeah, no, it's uncanny. But I think the other connection is I feel a connection to these guys' lives. Um, mm-hmm. My, I've, I've been a, I mean, I've been a working artist since I was eighteen. Okay. I, I, you know, my life has felt like a carnival, oftentimes. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> just the traveling, the opportunities that I've gotten um, because of what I do, and just. Mm-hmm just being different than um yeah they're choosing guess, something completely out of the norm um yeah and that just, that's and that's been that's been my life too so i i kind of uh i feel a kinship in that way <laughs> yeah no that's that's great i remember yeah, i just uh, it, it, oh, it never i was the same with like like video games yeah like i for and my brother got into my brother who's three years younger than me you know was got into video games and stuff and like playing video games and there were i don't know there's like that that little window if it doesn't like get into your psyche um you kind of yeah video games i i just um i didn't like that they took up so much time so it's like i'd rather read a book or yeah or i don't know learn to play guitar um (laughs) and i i don't i didn't feel enriched by it um i liked it and i liked um my brother he likes them and he's younger than me okay i i like you know playing with him once in a while but i don't want to i don't want to be addicted to a a game (laughs) i've never be addicted to other stuff yeah <laughs> yeah like just, the wrestling the wrestling i've managed to incorporate into my art so yeah um so that's cool and uh yeah <laughs> so how do, how do the baseball players figure into the into your work i mean i paint whatever i want <laughs> okay and uh the baseball play i i had actually had an aversion to him because i had a friend who he did um way before it became a thing because the top baseball company put out the uh the series and they're actively putting it out where artists remake their baseball cards so that caused oh, kind did. of an explosion in that genre huh. i had no and, idea uh, yeah and it happened right as the pandemic like right before that those cards came out okay and, um and i i had already st- Actually, I started the series as the pandemic was starting because I was um I was just looking for that nostalgia, and um I remembered collecting baseball cards and just loving that and um so it felt good to paint kind of what you described with the the cowboys. Yeah, I mean that was my that was my childhood. I was uh I, I still still have a collection from childhood and. It was funny because okay. uh, my parents are moving, and so I, I'm seeing these cards, and I'm looking <laughs> at these collections I put together. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is my 
this is my youth and um and like how how neat you know it um yeah so that that's where that came from and um and I, I would collect uh mainly baseball but i had um i had other sports like football hockey, okay um but um but yeah that's where that that came from and then i just love that community of artists that are working in the genre they're mm -hmm. they're so friendly they're some of the friendliest artists that i've ever interacted with um oh, just, the guys that are so so supportive of each other uh -huh. um yeah what really just immersed me in it was when we did a uh, a virtual show and it's ongoing the effort but it raises money for the negro leagues baseball museum in kansas City. okay yeah i think yeah, yeah i yeah. saw some of your pieces that were up on your instagram referencing yeah. back to that for the for the auctions and stuff yeah but I, yeah i've just really grown in affection for that genre it's like it it's cool i think pop art in general has that appeal that and i love that idea that of using you uh exploring an art form that you know connects us more quickly um just like your cowboys i i love that stuff i remember um i visited uh arizona i'm trying to remember the little the little towns where, where all the shootouts happened there was the yeah, there's West. we used to yeah uh, to, tombstone is probably the most famous one tombstone, down, yeah yeah down down like on the mexican so I went, border i went i went all that highway down to the very last place i could go i'm just <laughs> soaking it in you know and um because i i um i don't know if it was like watching movies when i grew up that um but i, I was just um fascinated we so. used to have a place out and when we we moved to arizona when i was six years old and th there was one of it, there's one in tucson it was, it's called old tucson and it was where they would actually shoot a lot of the Western movies and it built one of those, the towns with like the saloons and, you know, and they, they used yeah. it for a number of movies, um, you know, had the Western, you know, main street set up where they'd have the shootouts in the street and stuff like that. And they, it became a tourist attraction after they stopped filming the, you know, the old Westerns there. And we used to have one in, out in Scottsdale and it was called Rawhide and you would and my parents would take us there like once a year and we drive out it was out in the middle of the desert at the time now it's been surrounded by developments and everything um, but we would drive out there and it felt like you were just driving out into the middle of nowhere and they had one of those anatomic uh stage coaches at the front with the old cowboys sitting around the the, the wagons in the circle and it'd be like the robots would move you know like flipping the frying pan yeah. and they felt like a western story and then that's you know, like mom, heaven to me what you're describing it's like <laughs> I, and then like on, on the hour at every hour they'd have like everyone would like get off the side of the the main dirt road in the western town and they'd have the the the, the shootout 
you know, for the tourists and yeah. stuff. And it was <laughs> like, we, we looked forward every time we'd go to Rawhide. We're like, oh my gosh, we're going to Rawhide and we're going to ride the stagecoach and we're going to pan for gold. <laughs> and it was, you know, we were going to dress up as cowboys and get our Western pictures taken, you know, the old timey. It was always a blast. So like you said, there's yeah, something I, about I'm a, it. Yeah, I'm a little kid about all that. And the more... I don't know. The more we talk, the more I realize partly it's I, I have I have my five year old and the four year olds. And um so most of my daylight, all of my daylight is um you know, from eight to nine PM or so is just me and the kids. Okay. And so I think I think just having that that youth around me is making me look backwards at all the things that i like um yeah and um and even admiring like like i, I you don't know how obsessed i am with your work like I, <laughs> I look forward to to what's next it's one of my favorite feeds so i'm so oh, okay. happy that you're here to yeah know, well, to, um, to help me understand why <laughs> but, but um you I, know, you know aside, I, yeah I think I'm a little bit along the same lines as you are where I, I, I've, I've kind of developed my own little style and way of painting, but now I just paint whatever I want, whether it's a cowboy or an old Godzilla toy or, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'll just like type in on the phone, you know, vintage classic toys and just like scroll through until I see something I want to, that kind of just strikes me the imagery and paint it, um, which makes it fun for me. You know, people are always like, oh my God, you paint so much. And I'm like, well, cause I'm painting just whatever I, I want to paint instead yeah. of going, okay, I'm just going to paint landscapes or I'm just going to paint cowboys. I'm just like, I'm just painting <laughs> whatever I want to paint. I'm prolific as well, but it's because I am, um... You know, I do get commissions and things like that, but it's always, I don't accept something if it goes too off my radar. Yeah. If I'm not into what you want, um, or oftentimes if I don't know you too well, <laughs> I won't, I won't take the commission. Um, cause they, they, yeah, they'll often take me a while if they're, it just depends, but but yeah, I think I think that's so key though. Um, or, or that's how I appreciate art is like just doing what you want, you know. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's definitely a, a a balancing act for sure. Because I mean, you, you do want to, you know, it's it's nice to be able to support yourself making making art. Yeah, um, and there, there's always a business commercial aspect to it um the the thing I, a friend of mine taught me early on is building inventory it seems like you do that that's a great thing um because that i mean that's my model and then your your inventory kind of becomes it feels like passive income yeah it, yeah i mean i i, I have I've got like just stacks of, of, of paintings. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, I, I do everything on, on paper. Um, 
and uh, first of all it's it's inexpensive and it kind of for me at least it gets me out of that that head space of okay th this is a 30 dollar canvas or this is a you know you know a, a 20 dollar tube of acrylic paint or something it gets me out of that head space where i can kind of just you know not worry about that that part of it yeah um and then it also doesn't take up a lot of space once it's done um yeah. you know i you paint a lot on on the smaller canvases yeah and those i mean those those will stack up real real quick um and and, yeah. and start um, taking they can but i i really push them so <laughs> You know, you build up your, I like the way you build up your, your layers for, for sure. How long do you usually work on a, on a piece? You know, it depends. Sometimes I look, like, I look up and it's done. Uh-huh. Um, other times I'm not that lucky. <laughs> I have to, I have to, you know come back to it come back to it come back the thing is i i have at least 30 pieces going at one time okay. so okay it's not um yeah it's i think on paper i i work the the quickest just because um i, I think it's a different mindset working on paper uh, yeah I, like no i just because i feel like man okay that one's done and and um that doesn't happen on canvas all the time but on paper for me it it does yeah because it's, so. it's easy just to rip it out of the notebook and just put it put it to the side and um and i i, I actually um when i was cleaning carpets we would clean area rugs and we had these big spools of craft paper that once the rugs were cleaned, we'd wrap them in that to deliver them back to the houses. So that's why I, people are like, what, what, what do you, where, where are you finding this paper you paint on? I'm like, well, go, go clean carpets for 10 years. That's where you, that's where you find it. But I would take, so I would take the, the, the paper, cause we had these huge, you know, six foot, rolls of this craft paper and i would take it and before we go out to go when we leave the warehouse before we go out to work for the day i would unroll like a big segment of it and fold it up and then i would dump the rest of the coffee from the coffee pot in there to kind of make the paper look old and let it let it dry um and then i've, I've actually used uh brown paper bags also yeah that, that I paint mm -hmm. on and out here we we have leaf bags they're called because because we you know every fall everyone starts raking their leaves and putting them on the side so we have these giant like four foot tall paper bags that I used to go to the grocery store and just cut those across the seams and just make them into giant sheets of of paper um and then just start painting on top of those I, I love those brown bag ones that you do i am i've done I've, I've worked on shopping bags before but it's a, it's a good look but it looks especially good in your style um, <laughs> thanks yeah. i the when i started doing the the paper ones with like the coffee and stuff my 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 whole idea was 
and and this goes back to the all the nostalgia and it, we, we would go my grandparents are from are from illinois um and they're from a little town called wakanda that's like northwest of chicago and they, they they lived on a lake out there so we would go and spend our summers with my grandparents on the lake um and they had a cottage in the back of their house that was like the catch-all for you know the the mowing machine but up in top of the cottage was where my my mom's siblings all their stuff was stashed and boxed from when they were kids was up in the top of the cottage all the old comic books and records and stuff like that you know because they they, they, did, they didn't throw that stuff away they boxed it up and just put it put it away so i loved going up there and seeing what i could find in the boxes um so when i started doing the big the big pieces they're always folded up and that you know they look old and they're they're supposed to look that way because i always kind of equated it uh, of you would be just going through a like i would be going through my grandma's attic basically and open up a box and find you know these posters in there or whatever they might be so I always kind of was like, okay, people are like, oh my God, the paper's folded. It's, you know, it looks old. It's beat up. I'm like, well, that's kind of the idea. It's like if you were, you found like a big circus poster <laughs> or something in your grandma's attic, yeah. you're like, this is, yeah. this is cool. Um, so I was trying to well, create you, something yeah. along those lines to, to kind of go with that nostalgic feel of. You're, you're talking about like my use of layers and that's what that is. Um, especially I think when that gelled was I showed a, uh, this was right, right before I, I quit painting or quit, um, photography. I was, uh, I was using Photoshop to make these images. And okay. um, so I, I went to this, uh, it's called photo fest and there was, uh, curators and things would, um, do critiques. And, um, Actually, I think he was from a museum here in Fort Worth, uh, the Eamon Carter Museum. And so when he looked at what I was doing, he said, what you're doing, it's archaeology. And, and it was true. I was doing that in Photoshop. I was making those layers. So uh -huh. when I really aggressively started painting, I always kept that in the back of my head that these... Um, that I wanted, I wanted that archaeology. I wanted that, um, I wanted it to look old and grungy and um, yeah, like it had been through something. Like, um, and yeah, that's like your brown bag pieces feel that way, um, especially. It's cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, that's cool. yeah, that it's was. Cool. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you think that that that's that they look that way because that's what the whole intention was I, I can remember because I I would just come home from work and paint and then on the weekends I would just like stay up as late as I could um and the the neighbors would because the neighbors would be like they would wake up in the morning and there'd just be like paintings laying all over the yard like drying in the front yard <laughs> you know these big giant paintings of like gunslingers <laughs> and stuff like that and I'm like yeah I've been up I, all night painting yeah Ah, uh, the neighbors. <laughs> well, it's funny because we live. 
That's so I, funny. It reminds me of, uh, so I get this, I have this, it's a commission, Hope you know, I get kind of yearly. I'm very fortunate, but I have, I paint these big skulls. They're made out of, um, they're like big plastic skulls and it's for a liquor company. So this year, you know, the corporate people always put off like doing their work on time. And um, so they hit me up. They've been, I, I was just waiting for them to tell me when I was going to paint them so we could coordinate that. And, um, and so they, they said um, on a Wednesday, they were like, we have 16 of these giant skulls. Can you have them by Saturday? I said, okay, sure. And so they, they brought them in a van and they were all over my backyard. Okay. And I'll never forget the neighbor's face when she walks, she lets her dogs out and there I am spray painting and messing with, no, it was 16 skulls. On my... <laughs> how big were, how big are these things? I, I want to say um... no worries. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I got to see some of the stuff behind you, though. The Okay. <laughs> the, the, the Star Wars paintings that were behind you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's fun. You know, like we were describing books. How you go through a fiction phase and all that. And um, I do that with the artwork um, because I, uh, the first kind of real pop art I did were record covers. Okay. And I have a, I have a separate account for that. El Santos vinyl. I didn't and, even um, know that. I would, yeah. I, um, I like to compartmentalize when I put out stuff in social media. Okay. Because like I have a separate wrestling account. Okay. It, uh, I, well, I see that I see so, the wrestling stuff show up on the I guess the 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 baseball well, one that you see you see some of it because it's starting to become fusion. Like I'll take uh, a baseball card design and the card companies have started doing this, but I started doing it. And um, so, if it's a baseball card design, I'll float it on the uh, okay the baseball thing, and people are they're responsive to it. But I think. If I were to just put the hardcore um, wrestling portraits on there, it'd be a little muddled. Yeah. So, and that's all, that's all. Um, it's weird. You know, I think when you're making things, you just want to sell things, especially when you first start this journey. But like the last year, I've really focused on marketing and like lately, I feel like the marketing and all of that, just the exchange, especially with people online, um, it's kind of becoming part of the art to me. I do these it's videos where I'll talk and, um, and I'll ask for suggestions and I'm getting suggestions and then those suggestions come to life. Okay. And I... Yeah, I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, um, I, I did do a, I, I did a painting like that where I started and I was asking people, you know, just tell me what you want to see on the painting. Um, and, you know, I got like 20 responses or something. And I, and I, I started down the line and 
most of the stuff was in the wheelhouse. Um, but it, it, I started getting some, you know, just some some random ones, which is always good because it kind of pushes you out of your comfort zone to see, you know, what something that you normally want paint would kind of look like in your in your style. Um, but I love that. Like, I, I love that button being pushed. And that's yeah. part of why I um, started asking for suggestions, because I think it's it's neat. It's like, well, I, I wouldn't have painted that, but yeah. Okay. And then, um, you know, sometimes that triggers other pieces. Um, I, yeah. It's, it's crazy how I'd gotten away from just kind of, and you've seen the little scrap paint pieces that I've been painting on now when I'm mailing out artwork, I, you know, I print the stuff up the mailing label and I've had the, the little half sheet of paper from the printer that I cut up. And so yeah. I've started just keeping that stack like next to me on the desk and just like, just doing quick little things. And it's, it's interesting to see. And, and for a long time, it, I, I think artists tend to do this. They'll, they'll get so focused on like doing like a baseball card painting or a cowboy piece or, or whatever it is that they're accustomed to that you 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 forget to explore different different things yeah. and just taking like that 10 15 minutes to be like oh something pops in your head just to grab the sheet of paper um you know it, some people are way better at just having a sketchbook on them all the time and doodling things and and you know just exploring you know different tangents that that pop into their head um so my problem is sometimes I'll just be like, I'll just get so into like working in a sketchbook that it will just take me away from making a painting, like a bigger painting that I've been working on. And I'll be like, Oh, there went the whole day, you know, just kind of going through a, which isn't a bad thing um, at all. Yeah, I think it's necessary, you know, it, um, I think as artists, it's important for us to maintain our happiness. Yeah. Because it's only then that we can really truly be free to create. And yeah, I think taking a tangent like that is like taking a breath. So exactly. Yeah. I, I and I, I don't know if, if this has happened to you. Um, when, when we moved out here, my, like I said, I, I was working during the day, you know, to, to make money, to pay bills and everything. And then I was painting in the evenings and the, the art market has changed so much over the, the past, you know, 20, 20 years. Um, the only place that used to be available pretty much to us was galleries to show and sell and sell art. Um, and then it kind of went a little bit into like coffee houses and stuff and it started to broaden a little bit, but then with, with social media, it just, I mean, it, it yeah. broadened, it, it changed the landscape for all art forms from, from is writing. Is that primarily how you, yeah. Is that primarily how you show? It, no, I, I, I have a, a, I've got 
like three galleries I show with. Um, okay. And then, it, but, but then you also, I, when you get into like the business side of, of art and everything, because, you know, galleries don't want you to be selling your stuff online, you know, because right. a lot of times a gallery takes a certain percentage of it. You know, they, they, they want, they don't want you to be underselling them. Um, basically, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's the same problem that like the Barnes and Nobles has, you know, you can go to the Barnes and Nobles and then you see people literally on Amazon ordering the book for 20% less while they're in the bookstore. Yeah, yeah. That it's, it's what got me away from galleries. Cause that's how I started because back in the day, that's what you did is yeah. you looked for a gallery. They wrapped you. Um, but um, it, um, I constantly say it. Um, it felt like the least creative time in my artist career. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. dealing that way. And there was restrictions and I didn't like feeling like I was owned. Um, it's, yeah. It's, um, and, but it's, it's a it's a business also you know that they have bills to pay and stuff so they want artists that are yeah. going to be selling so but like you said if they're if they're selling you know whenever you have a show with them if you're lucky enough to get like a one-person show or a two-person show with a gallery um and you know they sell ten thousand dollars worth of work you know they got to keep their lights on on too so yeah. you know if you come to them and say hey Remember last year I did cowboy paintings and it did really well. Here's a stack of Star Wars paintings. And they're like, hey, we got to pay the bills, man. <laughs> so it, it does. It, it's, a, it's definitely a, a, a juggling act. Um, and yeah. it's really easy to get pigeonholed and burned out real quick with, with a, with, within a gallery setting, I guess you could, you could say. Um, what's really interesting to me is, um, have you heard of NFT art? No. I won't try to explain it because I'm still trying to decipher it. And I think okay, I want to is... understand it. And then I want to make some videos dumbing it down for people like me. Okay. <laughs> I, I've never even heard of this. <clears throat> well, like there's cryptocurrency. Okay. Right. So already art has been, they've started to exchange it like in this crypto world. Um, no, I know. I, I just saw, um, do you follow Damien Hurst on Instagram? No. The, the, you know, the big British yeah. artist that did the, 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 yeah. Okay, I, I thought, yeah. Yeah, they did the big the shark in the, the formaldehyde <laughs> shark. He, he just put out like a set of, of paintings. He's like, we're now accepting cryptocurrency for artwork. Mm -hmm. This might be along the same lines of what you're talking about. I don't, so good. Sorry, yeah, I interrupted well, there, you. There is, there is selling the actual pieces, but then there's creating, I'm still trying to decipher it. It, it seems like, you could create the actual piece and then these digital forms of it. And those could be additions. Uh -huh. And so when people buy those, um, every time they sell it, you, you set up a royalty 
and you keep getting paid. Which that's um that type of stuff has never happened for artists. It's no, pretty huge. You, so I'm yeah, yeah I, I'm studying, I'm really, really paying attention and um trying to get my limited mind to to understand it. And I'm about to jump into it because I think it's I think it's the future. And, um, so so it, is it almost like like say it's um it's weird isn't it <laughs> it's, it's like the like a, a like a royalty like if you sell your image to use for like a t-shirt or something and you got you would get this, every time they sell a t-shirt you get a dollar from it or something like that in this instance just like the cryptocurrency and i still uh -huh. struggle to understand that but you have you have this token uh-huh and so the ledger is there for everyone anyone can look at it and okay. tell whose token that is okay when you sell the digital piece it's like that and it has value and people are already you know it's getting it's gaining interest like collectibles um okay. it's, yeah artists artists are starting to get into it and um okay yeah i want to i want to be in front <laughs> because I, I, like I um yeah it, i don't want to i don't want to sleep on it because it, it's super fascinating um first of all but that idea of royalties that um man that'd be awesome you know i yeah, just think I about I, the the number of pieces i have out in the world and you know i'll never see royalties on that but no it's it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah no i know that well, what's so interesting with like the social media is it, it it provides literally like an avenue for, I mean, there, it, we went through like a traditional, it sounds like you, you went kind of through the same kind of schooling I, I went through a traditional, you go to college, you go to art school, they teach you how to put together your slide sheet and your bio and stuff and you mail it out to galleries in your area or you know or in other states trying to get someone to represent you um and i would have never thought when i was like 25 years old that i would have been able to make a living off of art like that and now th and now there's literally you know younger artists that are able to make a living at off of artwork without having to go to art school or that we're just you know doing it's a yeah. it's a whole different market that's opening up for them i mean i would have been thrilled 20 years ago sitting in my basement after work painting and being able to shoot images out to you know a couple thousand people because i was just sitting there and waiting for a gallery to say oh yeah we'll show <laughs> it in next march and you're like that's yeah, a long I way off and I, I got hip to that pretty quickly. You know, I, I remember social, it, I was reluctant to get on social media. Like, I think 2009, I opened a Facebook account because my okay. sister said, you could really network what you do. Mm -hmm. And that I'm like, okay, you got my attention. And, and she was right. I, um, you know, I've, yeah, I've not looked back it's <laughs> that's great yeah and and you know what you're describing the you know younger 
people having access to. The thing is, we we get to benefit from that too, even though we're <laughs> yeah not youngsters. But um, I mean, if anything, I I think it probably has given more power to older artists. Whereas, well, I think it's. Yeah, for sure. I think it's it it, it definitely keeps you in, get engaged more. Um, and b because you you talked about the immediate immediacy of you know like writing, you weren't getting enough of an immediate. You know, it it took so long to make a finished product. You know, we, we want that we crave that. You know that um, that acceptance or that that reaction from from our artwork. Um, And so it keeps it, it kind of keeps you it keeps you moving along because I I painted for like 10 years where I was just painting every single night and then just one night I was like I can't paint another cowboy you know and I, I stopped for five years and and went wow. and did something completely different and didn't literally did not pick up a paintbrush for like five years because I just I I was done. I was like painting the same thing over and over again. It, it felt like, and I was going to the same reference material. Um, and I, I just had gotten burned out on it completely. Um, but, and then I think I started doing the social media stuff about five, five years ago. Um, yeah. And like, like you said, you, you can go a long way with it it's a it's a whole different beast in its in itself um you know it takes a it, well it, it i takes... think it, it it changes the ball game um there's a one of my favorite books on art was um i, I really should memorize the title but it's something like the galleries and why they don't want your artwork and um yeah. And it really broke it down. And, you know, I was talking about older artists. It said as far as like museum, that high-end gallery game, mm -hmm. they're like, in the book, it pretty much outlines how past a certain age. And I think that was true at the time it was written. Um, you just aren't getting there. You know, you can, it's rare. Um, but when I think about social media, I think about this conversation we're recording. I think about all the ways that we can document as artists what we do. We are the most cap like documented artists in all of time at this point. No one has the ability to document at the scale that we do. Nobody's had that in the past. And yeah. moving forward, we are in the archives and so who gets into a canon might look very different you may yeah, make it for different reasons the way you innovated to use this space you know it it might become more complex who gets um that recognition not that it matters to me i always figure i'm gonna be dead anyway that's why i do what i want um, yeah. 
I'm not worried about it. I'm worried about um, creating now and, um, you know, making my kid's life good yeah. with what I do and setting the example that um, no matter what you want to do, um, no one can tell you you can't because your, your dad, um, you know, painted like he was drunk and, um, and sold that to people. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's how you were raised. Um so, you know, you can do whatever you want. It's um it's a matter of principle at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I mean it go to the, it's to to that point what you're talking about is it, it's still it, it's still it's still work. Um and you like you said it's I, I did some album work for for a band and I and, and when they came through town I went and I sat down you know they're like come come out see the show you know and and I hung out with them and and everything and you know there's people lined up to see them you know in the afternoon before they they go out and play and stuff like that and the reality of the situation is this is a job right and yeah if you don't work at it, you're not going to be good at it. If you don't have the discipline to sit down and create the music and go out and tour, or if you don't have the discipline to sit down and paint every day and, and, and make the artwork, it, not that it's not enjoyable. It's great that we have the luxury to be able to do, to, to do this. But like you said, you still have to work hard at it and you still have to make a living at, at what, whatever it is you choose choose to do and it's great that we've been given these different avenues to be able to make a living at it many more than what we had 20 30 years ago um you know like you said if, if you wanted to make it a living at art you might have to go work at an ad agency you know and draw up storyboards for commercials or you might have to go get, take photos of weddings every weekend you know to to pay the bills and, and, you know, and support your family. Um, and, but, but it, it still gets back down to the, you know, the, the bare, the bare essentials of you got to sit down and put the work in or else you're, you're not going to reap the, reap the benefits of it. You know, I, I, I sat with those guys, they were driving from city to city on a tour bus and, you know they were getting up you know in the next town you know doing a sound check setting everything up you know they're, they're like hey I, I look where i can go for a run get a good cup of coffee you know and then they play that night and you know they it's 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 a grind it's all it, it all is a is is a grind but it's it's great that we get to do what we what we do but you it's still, it still is work. And if you don't put in the time, you're, you're not going to get anything out of it. Um, I, th that sounds a little. It, it reminds me of, um, so I graduated from college, my bachelor's, and um, I got a job at a photography studio. Okay. It was my last nine to five. So I, I worked darkroom and okay. I did the lighting and um, so the photographer lady 
I had just started. And um, so I went with her to assist on a shoot she was doing. And so in the car, she um, she says, well, so what do you, what do you want to do? Like with, you know, your photography. It's like, well, you know, I want to continue to do what I do, but, you know, have my own studio. And, um, and uh, she said, well, you know, it's really hard. And um, I could feel my mom's upbringing in me when uh, I was like, well, I'm like, you know, um, being a janitor and showing up to work and clocking in and cleaning and then clocking out and doing that every day, that's hard. Yeah. Going to school to to study to be a, a doctor, staying up all night, it's hard. Like everything's hard, even working working anything. It's a Yeah. So um I'm just picking what I want to do. And and that's exactly yeah. that's everything. It's every even even if um you're doing something because it's more comfortable, because you need that emotional stability of every Friday I get this paycheck and I have insurance. Yeah. Um, that's hard. It's hard to make that commitment and live with it. Yeah. And so it boils down to choice and yeah, nothing aside from being a bum maybe, but even that's hard because that's a rough life. <laughs> being homeless is hard. <laughs> Where's your that next is. meal come from? Am I going to get into the shelter tonight? It, it, and then that, yeah, and that's, I don't know, I've probably taken this too meta, but <laughs> no, it, it's, but it, no, it's, I, I mean, it's, I, I uh, agree with you. Yeah. 100%. Like, I'll, I'll be painting and I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to finish this painting, you know, because that's what I need to do. I need to either finish it for a show or to post it for sale on the, on the shop because that's how I'm paying, paying the bills. Um, and then I'll be like, Oh man, Oh, it's, it's three o'clock. I sh uh, do, I want to paint for another two hours. And then I'll, I'll just have to go. Oh, or I could be cleaning carpets till four o'clock when I would normally get off. Yeah. So yeah, it's a job. And I'd rather be here <laughs> with the dogs at the house and doing what I actually like doing instead of. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It, um, so I'm curious. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. All right. So you have gallery representation. Yeah. But you have your website where you sell. Yeah. So how do you, how do you work that deal? Um, like I said, that's a, that, that gets tricky. Um, because yeah. it's, it, it, that, that, that is a, is a balancing act. Um, I generally try to keep the the paintings that are going to the galleries like a little more larger scale paintings. Um, kind of my philosophy on on art is I, I'd like to have something for everybody. I don't think art should be inaccessible to to to, to people whatsoever. I think if you enjoy yeah. an artist, that you should be able to buy something for fifty dollars of theirs whether it's a small print or maybe a small original um 
I, I think it's, I think it's something that I that, guess the more that, direct. Yeah. I guess the more direct question is like, do you, do you make an agreement with the gallery or? Yeah. yeah the galleries. Yeah. I mean, you've galleries usually take a, a, a cut of what you, what you, but as far what, I guess, cause my experience, they didn't want me doing anything else. And that's where I was like, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't had that issue. I, I show with well, yard dog in, in Austin, um, you know, and, and you know how it is. They're like, Oh, you saw, sometimes they're like, you know, they'll mention something. Oh, you sell your stuff. So, so cheap online. And I'm like, okay. I mean, if, if we want to part ways, we can part ways, you know, that, that I've, okay. Yeah. I've, I've been selling stuff through, through them for 15 plus plus years. Um, and it is a it is a juggling act, but there's there's so many different like venues now that are selling art, um, you know, like I'm show, showing with a a group in in Houston. I, I'm pretty sure it's Houston, and they they have like a furniture showroom and they put on art art shows um, every month, just just like a gallery would. Um, but they're, she's an interior designer and he's, he's a designer. I mean, people have branched out into people in the creative field have branched out into so many different venues. It's, yeah. it's great. And there's so many opportunities out there for, for everyone to participate in the, you know, in the art economy, if you want to put it, you know, in, in that way, there's just so many and even being on social media, I'm sure you get it too. You'll get people coming to you. Hey, I'm working on this project. You know, I've, I've seen your stuff. I think it would be a, a good fit, you know, and you, you, you might sell them a few paintings or do, you know, a couple commission pieces for them. So there, there, there's, there's so many opportunities out there. Um, and I'm not, a, a blue chip artist or anything like like that you know where i could see a gallery saying hey we're selling your paintings for 10 to twenty thousand dollars you know at your art shows you, you you can't be selling stuff you know at some point if you get to that level i'm sure a gallery and but you also and i guess i guess that's where i was at so yeah i, I, I think um, there's that's I, where i <laughs> That's where I started to put up tents and uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. <laughs> yeah. Strangely, I make more money. I or Because, yeah, I, um, I was doing some really cool shows, but then, you know, between things being digital and just that whole exchange with the galleries, I uh, I remember walking down to a a market actually in Houston that they would uh, do first Saturday. Okay. And there was an, my art friend that I really admired his work. I loved um, his work and TD Snyder. And, um, you know, he was just out there selling artwork and it was chill. And he'd pack up his stuff, go back home and come back the next month. Uh huh. And so that's what I started doing. <laughs> And people are like, have you lost your mind? And 
like yeah maybe but like i just remember i remember that first show it was just that was my 10 by 10 space i would talk to people um i started to use social media i hold on uh, hold just i I gotta let the one of these dogs to go downstairs hold on just one second All right, we've got we've got seven dogs. You, so they, oh, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah. So we, <laughs> you know, I, I'm trying to remember when I was a kid, I uh, convinced my parents to get me seven dogs because we had a break in at the house. Okay, so I used this. I used this emotional <laughs> occurrence to um to get them to to get me seven dogs. It didn't last very long. They were like, you know what, we have to. We have to break up the game. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, sorry, so you were talking about you were. So were you doing like the oh, art fairs and stuff like that then? Well, before that, I had been, you know, in the galleries. But when I first first started in college, I was I was doing a little, it was kind of a return to it. But I was doing uh-huh. parking lot shows and then I started to do gallery stuff. And then, yeah, feeling myself like burned out and just not liking the the atmosphere of it. it and that was my personal experience but um i um yeah i was like well i'm gonna change mediums i'm gonna paint i'm going to like put up a little tent and um this is what i'll do <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then yeah and then that went well like you know in, in houston i had i got to a point where i had my own studio with like half an acre of land okay and that's yeah and that um and that really opened my eyes and it it's still i'm glad it all went down that way because it um constantly i feel like the business side is evolving i probably i probably got there by getting beaten in the face but (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, at least it sunk in and, um, yeah, I, I like, I like where things are heading for me and just artists in general, I feel like we're all pretty empowered. Um, and, a, a, so much of that is social media. So much of it is technology and yeah, I'm excited to see what's next. So. It, it, well, it's the cryptocurrency, like you said. <laughs> it, that it, and I'm I'll be researching and sharing as I decipher that. Um, I've got a friend that seems pretty um, knowledgeable of it, but you know he speaks like computer code, and I'm like, man, I need um, I need you to draw me a picture or something. I need a flow chart of what you're talking just, about. Just give it to me in emojis, or I don't know, like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I don't I, like or, or I'm going to learn calculus. I don't know. Um. <laughs> well, you, cause you, cause you were in the photography field and I, I can yeah. remember ga- galleries were having like photo shows of photographers and, you know, they were selling an edition of like 20 of them and they weren't even selling that. They were just shipping the digital file to the collectors. So you yeah. would buy like, 
you know, they would sell an edition of 20 and you'd be like, here's, here's my money. And they're like, all right, we're shipping you the file. You go have it printed up by a professional, a professional (laughs) printer. So it's, 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 it's crazy how much it has changed in the, in the past 20 years, for sure. It it will continue to. Um, Hey man, thanks for coming on. I'm uh, I feel like I kept you. (laughs) I kept you past my promise 40 minutes. No, but, uh, it's all right. <laughs> I, it, it, um, it's always great to, uh, especially when I'm captivated by work, to well, get this other you. dimension yeah, was, of a person. Yeah, it was it was fun. I don't, and and this is uh, this is on me a little bit. I don't. I've I finally found some artists in the neighborhood. Here. It took me 20 years to find like the two guys that were painting in the neighborhood. <laughs> like when we moved from Arizona, I had like a group of friends, you know, that we had all grown up together and were, you know, had all kind of gone down the art path together that we'd sit around and talk about art with and everything. And we'd move, I moved out here and I literally had nobody um, to talk about art. This is such a political town. You know, there's not a lot of, of, of art people in my, in my neighborhood. Um, like I said, I, I did eventually find a few, the couple, the couple folks that were into, into art. Um, so I, I always loved I think it, about art. It, it's important. Yeah. I, I had the same experience. I lived in Houston most of my life. I moved there when I was four. And then 2016, I moved to these parts and I didn't know anybody. And, um, okay. but now that's kind of, weird to say because it seems like i know everybody how long have you been in the fort worth area then or i, I know that's not where yeah, you like, are like like four like four years oh okay we no, five I, so, five now yeah okay i came out there the the fort worth art museum had the the uh luciano freud show at the museum and it, it was like, for some reason, it went from like the Tate and then it went to L.A. And then it showed up at the Fort Worth Art Museum. And and my dad's a huge like Freud fan of his paintings. So we flew out there and I'd never been to Fort Worth. And I, we stayed downtown and we went to see to see the show and everything. And then we went out to dinner in like downtown Fort Worth. And what's the building with like the giant angels on the front of it? I don't, they, they might not be angels, but they're like these know. huge things like playing a trumpet or something. I was blown away by downtown Fort Worth. I was like, wow, this is a. It's pretty, I I, I haven't, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I became a father like around, once I became a father, I just didn't get out much. And um, so <laughs> it's, yeah the the way i kept the art socialization alive was um there's a nonprofit i got in with and organizing gallery shows uh-huh. and so when people people ask me what shows have you seen i'm like well the ones i've produced <laughs> but yeah i i, I yeah i i know that the downtown's pretty but i'm not familiar with the buildings um i, I, I was I was like, wow, that yeah. is a crazy looking building. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was good. Yeah, well, I flew in for the weekend to see that, that show, which was a, a 
really cool show. Yeah. Um, but there's I, some really good museums here. It's especially I think the one I did see when I first got here. I was I only had the one the boy and my stepdaughter and um at the time and so it was a a western show and it was how it was i can't remember the artist but i remember just loving the work yeah Um, isn't there a a frederick remington museum downtown fort worth i think so i could i know that 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 was the um I want to say it was the Eamon Carter, but yeah, that I just know that I've I've seen I've seen flyers for a lot of shows. I just don't get to see them. <laughs> just, uh, so. They'll they'll right. uh, they'll grow up and we'll be able to go together. But, <laughs> but anyways, little... hey, uh, check out check out Fort Garin's work. W V Garin, G U E R I N dot bigcartel.com and his instagram at wv garen um and get as fixated with it as i am so (laughs) hey man thanks again thank you for your time of course yeah it was fun man and um hope to bring you back see what else you see if you if you um joined the crypto world by then i'm gonna do a deep dive into the crypto world once we get off crypto crypto outlaw work i want to i want to see it (laughs) all right well thank you all right man i'll see you next time all right sounds good buddy Bob.